song of Christmas in Luke chapter 2 and verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. We saw this morning the first stanza of that angelic chorus, Glory to God in the highest. Uh, God was indeed and is most high, and yet He had become most low. Uh, made in the fashion of a man, born in a manger, in a stable, a barn, in tiny village, Bethlehem. He had taken upon himself the form of a servant. He had humbled himself. Glory to God in the highest, that he was still the most high God. Second stanza at the end of this great song says, peace on earth. Peace on earth. And in one way, we might take exception to that stanza. There has never been a time when men lived in peace on this earth, uh, not since the fall. And it certainly wasn't that time, a peaceful time, when this song was sung. We don't know if it was months or years later, it was sometime later, when the wise men would arrive from the east, having seen his star and began that long, arduous journey. Uh, they would come and go directly to Herod the king, asking that magnificent question, where is he that is born, the king of the Jews? Well, Herod wanted to know himself. After consulting with the prophets and learning that the baby was going to be born in Bethlehem, Herod would respond by decreeing the death of every child two years old and younger, every male child born in Bethlehem would die. Peace on earth. Eight days after Jesus was born... He would go to the temple in Jerusalem. They would meet up with an ancient man named Simeon. Uh, Simeon would see them, recognize him as the fulfillment of God's promise to him. He would see this child. and Simeon would bless them and say unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Peace on earth. Uh, but Simeon saw a sword. It was long ago that the psalmist encouraged God's people, all the way back in Psalm 122 and verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. In the early 90s, when I was able to make that trip to the Holy Land, as we call it, and take that tour, our tour guide was an Arab Christian, self-professed. Now, he wasn't a Baptist. He was not a Bible believer. He did not believe in inspiration of Scripture. Uh, but he did believe in Jesus Christ, and I quizzed him about his belief. And it was no small thing in the place where he lived, in the Palestinian quarter. It was no small thing for him to say. I'm a Christian, 
I believe in Jesus Christ. He did that, and I believe he did. But he had a mantra he repeated over and over again as he would show us the beauties of that glorious land, and it is beautiful. He would say again and again, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This is such a beautiful land, he'd say. If only we had peace. It's interesting because in Hebrew, the word Yeru means city. Salem means peace. City of peace, Jerusalem, just a few miles down the road from Bethlehem. City of peace. Yet the city of peace, uh, one of the most oldly, uh, one of the oldest inhabited cities in the world is Jerusalem. Uh, we know that it has been completely destroyed twice, once by the Babylonians and once by the Romans. We know that it has changed hands, been fought over and turned over, changed hands over 40 times. 40 times it has been fought for, over 50 times it has been attacked in history. Even now, the city of Jerusalem stands embroiled in a worldwide conflict. It's all the eyes of the world look upon it. But it's nothing new. Psalm 122. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper, God said, that love thee. Because he knew what was coming, Jesus would define his appearance here in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34 by saying, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I, am not to send, I came not to send peace but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. You see, he knew that he was going to be rejected by the very people to whom he came. Hail thou long expected Jesus. Yes. Oh, they had expected their Messiah so long. But when he came, they didn't know him. That's why John said he came into his own, but his own received him not. His own rejected him. Knowing this, then Jesus said, I, I'm not going to bring peace on this earth. Jesus' claims are as controversial today in the world as they were back then. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So was that angelic declaration so long ago just in error? Oh, no. God's peace was indeed on the earth. The angels knew it. John chapter 14, Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In me, Jesus said, you might, you might, you might have peace. God's peace was on the earth. The angels were right. And that peace is available. Jesus made it available, but it's might. Many would reject it. In fact, uh, the Jewish people themselves would reject it. Luke would tell us about that. When he would describe in, 
in his gospel how that Jesus came to Jerusalem. On that triumphal entry, the day when he would present himself as the Messiah and the King, riding upon the foal of a donkey as the prophets had foretold. And he stopped. Try to picture that scene for a moment outside the ancient city of Jerusalem. He's He's, he's appeared probably up on the Mount of Olives. He's, he's going to come down through the beautiful gate and cross the Kidron Valley. And around him are the throngs of people shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. They knew. They knew what it meant to see Jesus, their king, riding on the foal of a donkey. They knew what it meant. They were shouting, Hosanna. And in the midst of that joyous crowd, Jesus, the Bible said, wept. He, he didn't just break up a little and have a tremor in his voice. The word they use tells us that he wept copious tears. I mean, he was brokenhearted. He broke down and he cried out and wept. The substance of what he was weeping over is clearly defined for us. If you would have known, uh, if you would have known, you of all people, he would say in Luke's account, if you would have known on this thy day the things that make for thy peace. Their peace was riding in the gate. But they didn't see it. It was blind. They were blinded to them. Jesus offered us then the way of peace. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14 tells us, He, that's Jesus, is our peace, who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity uh, or the commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And he came and preached peace to you that were far off. And to them that were nigh, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. He himself is our peace. He made peace. He is our peace. Peace was on the earth. But those peace has come. Peace was on the earth. Uh, men still reject it. Romans chapter 3 says this, They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they've used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. They've rejected God's peace. Therefore, there is no peace. So the angels were right when they said so long ago, as they were with glory to God in the highest. Oh, yes, God was most high, though he'd become most, ho most low. He was still most holy. He was still most high. And the angels were right. There was peace on earth. And that peace had a name. <laughs> J-E-S-U-S. 
But there was one more part to that angelic message of praise so long ago, goodwill toward men. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, if you have a more modern translation, I'm reading this from the uh, King James. If you have a more modern translation, you might find something like this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And you'll see there's a difference. Uh, and the difference is, uh, like so many other things we talk about, I mean, did the angels sing or did they speak? Uh, uh, now, to, I, I really don't think they had a disco tune, but it was kind of catchy tonight. What do you think? Didn't you kind of like that? I mean, I, yeah, I like disco. I, I remember disco. May it rest in peace. Anyway, <laughs> back on track. Sorry, let me. <laughs> I keep most of those inside, but every now and then one slips out. Uh, like the angels and like so many other things, there's controversy about these things. And you see that reflected in here. There, was there three parts to the angelic song as the King James has it and New King James, MEV and others? Or was there only two? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Uh, many see it as if they're all one. In other words, that there is peace only to those that God is pleased with, that God is pleased with. And I can see that. I can understand uh, the point that they're making. Um, but then we have this other translation, and, and uh, it, it's the one that I've grown up with and the one I'm most familiar with. And for that reason, I said this morning, there were three stanzas in the song, and that brings us to this one. Goodwill toward men. What does that mean exactly? It means that Jesus Christ, as John put it in John chapter 3, did not come into the world to condemn the world. He did not come in judgment. He did not come to wipe out evil and iniquity. He did not come to destroy the Roman occupation and set up his kingdom then. He did not come to destroy. He came to save. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. John would tell us about why that was or record those words for us in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed on the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation. There it is. That light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Goodwill toward men means that Jesus Christ came not to the world to condemn us. It wasn't necessary. We were already condemned. Jesus came into the world to save us. And that's the greatest goodwill of all. It's the story of His grace to us. That He loved us even in our sins. And died on the cross to deliver us from them. But the question is, as we've seen over and over again tonight about the message of peace, is have we received that? Have we accepted that message of peace through Jesus Christ? How do we do that? Romans chapter 5 told us, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. That can be your testimony tonight. You say, we live in a divided and, 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 and torn apart world. There's war everywhere. There is. There's violence everywhere. There is. How can we have peace on earth? Right there. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll save you from your sins. You'll become citizens, not just of this earth, but citizen of heaven. And you then will experience the peace of God, the peace of God that keeps our hearts and minds through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One more thing. When the shepherds had gone, when the angels had gone away from them, Luke chapter 2 and verse 15. Uh, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see. Go and see. So they came with haste. How would you like to see a, that group of running shepherds running through the night? Coming with haste. Couldn't wait to get there. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they'd seen it, they made known abroad. Come and see. Go and tell. Those of us who have seen have a message to tell. And there is a world out there that desperately needs to hear your message. As we complete that Transition. We fulfill our part of this commission. We come and see. We've seen Jesus. We believe on Him. We know this story is real. We then go and tell. Let's stand together, please.